0: From the advertising media capital of the world, New Milford, Connecticut, wherever that is. This is Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson, a bi-weekly-ish podcast about all things automotive marketing. Now, here's your host, Matt Wilson. Uh, Good morning, everybody. Hello, welcome to another episode of Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson. This is supposed to be a bi-weekly-ish podcast, but I'm doing like two or three a week, and it's exhausting. Anybody sunburned today? It was like 75 to 80 here in the Northeast over the weekend. I'm sunburned, and it hurts, and I'm complaining about it and whining, and my wife doesn't like it. So there you go. Anyway, thanks for listening to Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson. I appreciate you joining us. Podcast obviously available wherever you listen to podcasts. You can go to anchor.com. It's on Apple, uh, Google. Where else do people get podcasts? Spotify, Frackle, Twitch. I don't know if those are things, but the podcast available anywhere you like to download podcasts. All right, let's let's jump into today's topic, shall we? On mostly automotive marketing with Matt Wilson. The reason that this topic kind of came into my head was I need an oil change, right? My actually my wife's car, we got a flat tire. Uh, and the oil change light came on all like at the same time. So I really need an oil change tire rotate. I need a flat tire fixed because I got the donut on there right now. And my thing is, what do I do? I'm not going anywhere, right? I'm here in Connecticut in the Northeast and, uh, I'm quarantined. My family's quarantined. And so I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Now, I usually bring my car to a dealership that's in the group I used to work at. And my buddy's the fixed ops director. And I know all the employees there, but the way I usually do it is I go there you know, I check the car in and then I work either in my buddy's office or in a spare office next door, right in a service department. But I'm like, do I really want to go in there and like work at a desk that someone else is sat at? Do I want to be in the waiting area near the remote control? Am I going to get coffee at the vending machine? It's a whole thing. I don't really know what to do. Uh, And then I get an alert. My other car needs an oil change. When I got two cars, I got to bring in and I don't know what to do. And I'm thinking that a lot of people in America, have the same thing. What do I do? I need my car service. So I wanted to talk to a fixed ops director at a store. And of course, we love the folks at West Automotive Group. So my guest today is Jay Galligan, vice president of fixed operations at West Automotive Group. Good morning, Jay. How are you?
1: I'm good, Matt. Good morning to you. Thank you very much for the invite.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Now, uh, you're in New York State, West Hur is in upstate New York, and I'm in Connecticut. And so we have pretty much the same sort of set of rules and guidelines that are going on. I know they vary a lot depending on where you are in the country, but our two states are pretty similar and rightfully so. Uh, Service parts collision declared essential services by Governor Cuomo pretty early on in this whole thing. The, the, there's, there's a lot of challenges that come with that. And uh, let's break it into two. One being, how do you handle that internally with your staff? But two being, how do you communicate to customers? And since I started off by talking about my own experience, you're open, you're taking customers. Obviously, that process has changed. How do you get that? Once you figure out how you're going to handle it, how do you get that message out to the West Her customers?
1: Well, I think, I think what you... What you talked about is true. I mean, there's, there's a way, what what do we do? So our employees are, our employees are paramount. You want to make sure that you keep them safe. And then, Oh, by the way, we want to make sure that our customers who do have the engine lights and do have, you know, the, the tires that are going flat, like you're talking about, thankfully we are essential and we can work on those. Well, what we've done is we've broken that down into number one, let's keep them our employees safe, keep our customers safe. So what we did is we developed a cleaning sanitizing regimen that we can repeat, that we can kind of stand on for lack of a better term and make sure that it's, it's being handled daily. And we can then communicate how we're doing that, not only to our employees, but to our customers. What you talked about in the intro is, was perfect. It's our, we didn't want our customers to sit around and go, all right, well, I'm not coming in because I have no idea if they've even cleaned the door handle, let alone clean my car, let alone clean the loaner car that I can get through. So we have a vehicle cleaning regimen as a is brought in. We have staff that's out in the service lanes that is cleaning every vehicle, making sure that the door handles everything's wiped down so that when our employee gets it, our employee is, is now safe. And then when our technician or any other employee pulls it back up for our customer, we do an exit cleaning procedure. So we've put both of those things together as a comfort factor. Also what we've done inside of our service lanes, or at service departments, we have um, cleaning at every entrance and exit, every common area. We have dividers that have been put up—plexiglass um, dividers—that are out six feet from our service advisors, so that—and those dividers have slots underneath that we can pass paperwork back and forth. So we've we have um, some campaigns that we've shown videos of this, and and thankfully we've been able to get that out into the market, so that our customers can see what it, what we are doing and how we are doing it. So that was first yeah. and that was more paramount than anything else is trying to make sure, you know, in, in our hierarchy of needs, we wanted to make sure that safety and health was number one. And that's, that's how we were able to at least get everyone on the same page to make sure that we can move forward. You the, know, uh, the second thing to go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry. I just real quick, you know, I wanted to comment on something you said there was um, you know, having safety and health be, you know, the most important thing in the hierarchy uh, you know, I, I think in a lot of situations, whether it's car dealerships or businesses in general, I find myself saying, are they really like they say they're doing this, but are they, you know, I can't picture like an employees at a business or a business, you know, whether it's a restaurant or or anywhere to kind of have it together enough to make sure that they're doing a thorough job, like a thorough process. So I think what you said you guys are doing, like you have this process in place your, you know, you have the videos you're putting out to show customers and it shows that you're taking it seriously that it's not just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll put a steering wheel cover on and the guy will use hand sanitizer when we're done. Like it shows that your group is taking it seriously and put a process in place and, and either sending out videos or doing that in this place where the customer can see you doing it. I think, I think goes a long way.
1: Transparency is key there. Yes. Just like you're saying it's, if, We'll be called out immediately by not only our customers, our employees will call us out if we don't do it the right way, and and rightfully so. I mean, we have we have to keep them safe. This is what it looks like, and it's our job as leaders to make sure that they know, hey, we're there for them. We we've we've got uh, over fourteen thousand disposable masks that are that are in stock that we have for our customers and our employees. Um, we have cloth masks that we've made so that our employees can have a comfortable mask as as they come into work every day. Um, we've supplied gloves. We've supplied sanitizer. We're we're trying to be responsible first because if we have people, if we consistently have customers and employees who are thinking about just COVID or, or just the, the safety or health of, of their being there, then there's certainly, there's certainly not going to be employees or customers who are engaged inside of the workforce or, or ready to get an oil change or ready to get their tire fixed. They're going to be nervous. And the last thing that we want is a nervous customer or a nervous employee in the dealership.
0: Okay, I I interrupted you. What were you? uh, What was number two you were headed for?
1: Um, So we we then took all of the, the safety portion of that and then we took a look at it and said, well, if we have everyone here. So obviously the governor shut just like in Connecticut, New York governor shuts everything down the demand is not going to be as great. Right. So what we did is we started to scale back the amount of people that we have inside of the dealership. Again, socially distancing is the word of the day and the word of of obviously the, the pandemic, yep. but it's real. And it's something that we were trying to do to, to be responsible, to handle our own uh, socially distancing, our own flow of customers, our own flow of employees that went through. So what we did is we took our Uh, In late March, we took all of our staff and said, you know what, we're going to take a 50% approach. So even though we're essential, we're only going to have 50% of our parts, service, and collision staff in at any given time. Mm -hmm. And we built schedules around it. We gave opportunities to make sure that we had the right people in the right places. And then we started to give out specialized pay plans to make sure that we weren't hurting the people around us. So We were inside making sure that inside of our employees, we're taking care of our employees. We're making sure that we're not putting them in harm's way. And our customers, all we did is spread the schedule out of it. So instead of having you know, 75 appointments today at one of our stores, we instead had 35 or 40 appointments that day so that we can then go, all right, well, we can't get you in until Tuesday or Wednesday. what happened is, as natural, most of our customers like you are at home or working from home, they had that time. So they were willing and able and they respected and we communicated that to our customers as we were making the appointments to make sure that they knew, hey, listen, you may be out a day or two, but understand we only have this many staff. This is the protocols that we have and these are the way that we're doing it. So 50% was kind of our stage two in creating a better work environment, a safer, more healthy work environment and a better place for our customers to come in where the waiting rooms aren't overrun where the service lanes aren't overrun, where we're able to control and restrict the flow of our customers while still giving our customers the opportunity to have a safe experience.
0: Yeah. And that, and that goes a long way too, for morale too, because you also employees are, are scared. Oh man, I gotta go. I gotta go to work and I got, you know, I I live with my, you know, sick elderly grandparent and I've got two kids at home and, and I gotta work. I'm essential. And I need to, I need to be bringing a paycheck in but am I going to be safe when I'm going to work? And is my employer taking it seriously?
1: Agreed. Agreed.
0: I'm talking with Jake. Think- Go ahead. No, no, please. No, I was just going to do a little what they call a reset when you just remind the listener who you're talking to, but I don't have to do that because I remembered that's an old radio habit, right? In radio, you have to do that, but it's a podcast and people know what to listen to because they just look at a screen and it says right there. So my friends in radio listen, you don't have to reset dude. You're wasting time.
1: I listen to a lot of podcasts. I respect that. There are some, there's it's a, it's a consistent reminder. Hey, sometimes you didn't want to look back down at the screen to see who you were talking to. So I get it. <laughs> All
0: right. Fine. Then I'll do it. Uh, I'm talking to Jay Gallagher, Vice President of Fixed Operations at Westher Automotive Group here on Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson. Uh, so let's talk about, um, in terms of, How does this affect the way you do things going forward? Does everything go back to the way you were operating your departments prior to, you know, March 15th or is this going to change a little bit what the approach is?
1: No, of course it's going to change. You know, we we have to change a little bit of the approach to make sure that our customers continue to feel safe as they come in. I mean, the Mm -hmm. first, the first piece of this is, is obviously masks and PPE and protection of, of our customers is paramount. So, there will be a, a, a series of time here, and I don't know if it's three months, six months, a year, where we still employ this type of this type of behavior to make sure everyone's comfortable and healthy. So that's one piece, but that's the immediacy piece. Um, our collision departments, obviously, uh, collision with less miles driven has, is the piece of our puzzle that really took, and the department that really took the biggest hit, yeah. at least that has so far, because less people on the road so obviously less collision. Um, we have five collision centers at the Western Automotive Group. So we're struggling to make sure that they're keeping active. And the one thing that we've employed is uh, online estimating. So we do have a link within our website. We've sent out emails and, and, socia- and socially, we've, we've put it out on, the, on Facebook, Instagram, um, just to make sure that we're putting it out there and doing things differently. That is what the customer gets to add a link. They get to take photos of their vehicle They get to send us that information and then we collate an estimate and build an estimate for them and send it back. So that's something that we are going to employ moving forward no matter what. And that was something we were kind of leaning towards and getting a different feel for. But seeing as it's really helping and building up and bolstering a, a struggling piece of our of our business, it's helping us to communicate with a customer who wants to be communicated with like that no matter what. So we've seen an uptick in those types of estimates, and it's, at, and it's enabled us to also employ some pickup and delivery for those customers. It's so a little bit more concierge, which we do believe is going to be not the norm, but it'll be more prevalent as we start to move forward. So those are two pieces of the puzzle. A, um, a third piece is obviously, as I talk about pickup and delivery, um, we already do that for some of our, some of our models and some of our brands. We're going to be rolling a little more of that out in our service departments as well, as it demand as demand is there, and as we can start to build up the uh, the infrastructure around it. It takes a little while to build infrastructure for something like that, but we're trying to make sure that the the demand and the infrastructure are are pacing the right way, so that we can hopefully build up and get get more customers' cars picked up at their house or their office where they're comfortable doing business. Yeah. So I can see that those are behaviors that we're going to continue to utilize as we come, maybe can't come out of this, but as we move to the next stage here um, of what our customers are comfortable with, what we need to flex to to make sure that we're doing the things that need to be done to, to communicate with our customers this way. And, you know, our sales department is doing a curbside delivery. I think that we're probably going to be a piece of that where we do some sort of um, pull up and, and obviously uh, maybe a touchless drop off. Mm-hmm. Uh, which our manufacturers are, are doing a lot better of communicating to their to our customer base that it's we're available for that if they just wanted to drop off they wanted to sign a night drop and hand it to us it's fine they're doing some different behaviors than they used to to allow for us to to, to do business a different way so some of these are you know some of the things that we're looking at it's it's not crystal ball type stuff it's right. stuff that is just where where customers want to be and hopefully we can get to that spot sooner than later.
0: I'm assuming you know it's some of maybe maybe the higher um, higher line brands like that you have like Infiniti and Mercedes and BMW. Is is there a little bit of a tiny infrastructure in place for some you know delivery and drop off service for service for some of those customers who maybe that's the expectation going forward that you can kind of build on and roll across multiple stores?
1: That's kind of what we're dealing with right now. Is we yeah. we do have this for Mercedes and BMW. Um, and because of that i mean it's it's a, it's a larger staff you have to have drivers you have to have people who go back and forth yeah, right. and, and and those type of things it's not insurmountable certainly but it's it's one of those pieces of the puzzle that there are a lot of you know it's there, do you have loaner cars how do you get a loaner car to someone how do you get the contract there and these are the pieces of the puzzle that we have mostly worked out between those two franchises it's rolling the rules of the different franchises in and making sure that we can do and deliver upon them yeah. and those are the things that 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 are Uh, being discussed right now that I'm talking to my leadership with to make sure that they know and they can feed me back information so we can get that done sooner than later. We actually already have, um, we have our two main Ford stores that are rolling that out today. And we have uh, Subaru and Infiniti that are rolling that out uh, also today. And then we're going to start moving other brands in as, as time allows.
0: You know, going back to what you were saying about um, collision, I think that business is going to, is going to rocket when everything goes back to you know, not normal, but when things change a little bit, because people are going to be out there oh, yeah. going bananas when they, when they're allowed to drive, drive around and go places. And so I think <laughs> collisions going to get real busy in the
1: fall or whenever it happens. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that hundred percent. I think, um, you know, our collision departments, we're, we're trying to make sure that they're at this point we're we're paying them to do a lot of training and uh, yeah. We're, yeah. we don't have all, all of our staffs. Obviously we're at, we're at pretty significantly reduced staff at the moment, yeah. but we're, we anticipate that, you know, right now it went from hey, I went, I go from deer season to ice and snow season in the Northeast yeah. to now <laughs> distracted driving season, and distracted driving season is every season. Yeah. So right now that's what's going to happen. Sun comes out, you're looking at your phones. Unfortunately, I, I hate to cheer on some bumper hits, but but we do we do oh have a good time. We do have those that come in, and those are those are a big piece of what our business has become. Is, is front and rear bumpers just due to the distracted driving. So, we're anticipating a big spike. Especially, um, you're right. The pent up demand, the way that people are stir crazy, and uh, and the the shelter in place has really created an environment where they're going to want to get out, and we're going to see a lot more of that. And as miles driven goes up, so do our, so does the severity. So does the so so does our car count, and we'll see that. We anticipate hopefully. Governor Cuomo says mid-May, maybe late May, Mm -hmm. that we can start to uh, start to move. And we'll start to see that tick up uh, pretty substantially, hopefully by mid-summer.
0: Jay Gallion, Vice President of Fixed Operations at West Her Automotive Group. This is all good stuff. And uh, I appreciate you taking a little time out of your day to uh, chat with me about it.
1: It's my pleasure. My pleasure, Matt. Thank you very much for, for reaching out. We're... I'm going to tell you we're, we're in a spot right now where this is certainly unprecedented and I'm looking forward to seeing how (laughs) kind of the studies behind what people do and how they do it. And, uh, you know, we've done things a little bit differently than somebody else and everyone's reacting to this differently because their states have closed a little bit. And I find during my calls, it's been very nice for us to have the, the infrastructure that we have, um, and our people, and I'll tell you what, our people have been absolutely fantastic. The processes they, they've adopted, the way that they've taken care of our customers and kept our people safe, I'm going to tell you it's second to none. So, and our ownership is, uh, is the reason behind that. And, uh, Scott Bieler and the other owners have done an amazing job just taking care of our people during this tough time.
0: I think that's where it comes from. You're completely right. I think the stores or the groups that are uh, struggling or there's a disorganization about it or uh, worry on the employees part that comes from the top. And it looks like that, uh, you know, the reason that you you guys are doing well and putting these processes in place is obviously because of good leadership. For sure. I agree. I couldn't agree more. All right, Jay, let's do this again sometime. I appreciate it. All right. Sounds good. Thank you very much, man. You're welcome. Have a good one. Are you too. Jay Galligan, the vice president of fixed operations at West Her Automotive Group. I like all the West Her Automotive Group people, right? We had Matthew Lasher on. He is the, uh, I think he's the director of marketing for West Her. He's been great. Everybody's great. Love the West Her people. So thanks for coming on, Jay. I appreciate it. You know what? One other thing I wanted to mention that is uh, irritating me about uh, this quarantine uh, or, or actually, the people who work from home who don't normally work from home are uh, people who are making jokes about not wearing pants on Zoom calls. That was my thing way before it was like a popular joke. You know, you dress nice from the waist up, collared shirt. Maybe you got a Zoom call or you're talking to a client or your boss is going to be on the call. And now people are making jokes about, you don't know if I'm wearing pants under the desk. I've been making those jokes for years, and I'm very upset that all of a sudden that's super popular. I hear Hoda and Jenna talking about it. They're talking, making those jokes on The View. The girls on The Talk are talking about it. Sure, maybe I should turn my TV off every once in a while, but enough with the jokes about not wearing pants on Zoom calls. That was my thing way before it was popular and, and fashionable. All right, guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson. Thanks again to Jay. I'll see you next time.